Hello and welcome to Select Match Type. My name's Simon Cowgill and I'm joined as ever by Christopher Ellis. Hi Chris, how are you? I'm very well, Si. How are yourself? I'm bloody warm. <laughs> We've decided to record on the hottest day of the year. Um, I haven't got a fan next to me so you can't, um, so it's not disturbing the recording, but I um, think I might regret it in about 50 minutes time. See, I, I say it's warm, and Faye has a go at me saying, "No, no, it's clearly hot. No, it's warm. It's very warm. It's not. It's not hot. Like I've once been on holiday where it was forty-five degrees. That's hot. What is it today? Like twenty-seven, twenty-eight? No, pushing thirty today. Okay, still 40, 45 is the hottest place I've ever been to. Sorry, it's quite warm. Quite, quite pleasant out there. Quite pleasant, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the smell might not be quite as pleasant, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, so today we are going to look back on a Hell in a Cell match from the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view in 2019. We're looking at, for the Universal title, Seth Rollins defending against the Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Uh, we already mentioned this match in a previous series uh, because it took place just before we recorded another episode. Um, and as we mentioned at the time, I think it's fair to say that the reaction for this one wasn't particularly good. No, no. Judging by the end of it, no. It's. Uh, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, did you watch this one at the time, or, or is it I, I on rewatches? I caught up on it the next morning. I, I rarely stay up to watch pay per views nowadays. Unfortunately, the life of having to go to work means that I very rarely get to watch them live. So I caught up in the morning after having it having it ruined on Twitter first because Twitter can't keep anything nice. They have to ruin everything. And yeah, it's it's exactly it's exactly as everyone said, which is yeah, it's it's something which I'm, we'll get into. But we will. So yeah. uh, just just to set just to set the scene. Um, a, a Twitter trend uh, during the main event, or just after the main event, was hashtag cancel WWE Network, which I think uh, sums up people's mood around this match. Um, so, but if I weren't using yours, I'd, uh, I probably yeah, would have. Yeah, probably. Um, so the, the background. Um, so you can't really talk about this match without talking about the the fiends and how the sort of character came about. Um, so Bray Wyatt was on his. Uh, third character run um in wwe obviously we talked about husky harris when we covered uh, the nexus in a, in a in a previous episode um he then came back as bray wyatt with the the wyatt family cult um and that was at a similar sort of time to the shield so it was a very good time for sort of uh, six-man tag matches which were chaotic and i always thought that um the wyatt family was a great gimmick and never really got pushed to its full potential even though um wyatt did win the world title as as bray wyatt yeah that's is that that's not bray's career with wwe absolutely unlimited potential that they just have no idea how to actually yeah well exactly so the the best thing about it was the sort of character and the promos and him being the eater of worlds and it was so over with the crowd sort of singing he's got the whole world in his hands um even though he was a sort of despicable heel character so yeah they they never really pulled the trigger um on on the the wyatt family gimmick i don't think and we we and to be fair, when they did when they did put him in big matches, Aleph, Randy Orton, Christ, worms on the floor. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, 
I, th- I think it sort of sums it up as well, like him losing to Cena and, um, obvi- well, he lost to The Undertaker at WrestleMania as well, um, which isn't as surprising, but the way he lost, I think, sort of shows that he was never considered a, a top guy at that point. Nah, shame. As I say, brilliant character, The Fiend, obviously great as well as we'll go into, but yeah, completely untapped potential with Bray Wyatt and the cult leader. Yeah. Should have been should have been huge, but oh well, what are you going to do? Yeah, and then um, April 2019, we had a lot of video clips um, of uh, the Firefly Fun, uh, sorry, Firefly Funhouse, um, which is basically a surreal uh, kid show where Bray Wyatt plays the presenter of a of a TV show, which is hiding his uh, darker personality, the the fiend. Uh, which is basically a horror character. I was trying to explain it to Francis while I was watching it, uh, re-watching the match, and when the, the Firefly Funhouse music came on, she's like, what are you watching? <laughs> so, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, he's genuinely creepy on the on the Funhouse. Really, yeah. really unsettling. Um, and I guess the, the key thing with, with The Fiend is he's, he wears um, a very straight out of horror mask um, to, to cover his face. Yeah. Somehow gives him superhuman strength. Which, yeah, true. true. The, oh, the prof, I love The Fiend, and he's a great character. But the problem was they pulled the trigger too early with The Fiend. We should have had, like, three, four months of Bray wrestling just as Bray and doing the Firefly Funhouse stuff before we start slipping into The Fiend. Or even just have The Fiend, have him as The Fiend, but don't have him in matches, just have him tormenting people. Whereas, like, he, his debut was about a week before, uh, so he was on the Firefly Funhouse, and then they had him debut in a match sort of the week after. The, the longer that they've kept him off TV or kept him away from matches, the more mysterious and the better the character could have been. Um he basically was attacking legends, setting up matches, um, and beating most of the people that he'd had, um, had feuds with in the past. So he beat the likes of Kurt Angle and then started ta- targeting Kane and guys that, when he was part of the, the Wyatt family, um, he'd feuded with. Um, it was slightly strange that he had exactly the same moveset, but he learnt the mandible claw while he'd been away. Yeah, can't can't go wrong with a mandible claw. Looks looks brilliant. Works works really well with a a kind of twisted kind of character. So it always worked best when Mick Foley was mankind, and it worked yeah. brilliantly with Bray. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then there's Seth Rollins. So he'd won the Rumble in 2019. He beat Lesnar in the first match of WrestleMania that year after about 300 curb stomps. Um, he then had feuds with AJ Styles and Orton and Baron Corbin before Lesnar cashed in um, cashed in his Money in the Bank contract. Um, that was when Lesnar came out with the sort of uh, boombox um, decal on the on the uh, the briefcase, which gave us some interesting moments with Brock coming out and, and attempting to dance. For for a minute, now, I completely forgot that Brock had won Money in the Bank. Yeah, well, he'd come out at the end of the match, thrown, was it Ricochet off yeah. Andrade? I uh, can't remember who it was, but yeah, threw him off the ladder and then won the, the contract, cashed in. Um, then Rollins um, won a uh, number one contenders match and won the rematch at SummerSlam. So he was the only person to beat Lesnar at 
WrestleMania and SummerSlam, which was a nice, interesting fact while I was looking into this match. So he then won the title back, had uh, won his first defense against Braun Strowman, and then after that match is where the Fiend attacked him on the um, on the entrance r- ramp, uh, hit Sister Abigail, and that's what sets up this feud. Um, so that was on September the 15th at Clash of Champions, and then they have a Hell in a Cell match on October the 6th. So this feud is 21 days old before they have a Hell in a Cell match, which is, I would say, the biggest problem with Hell in a Cell being an annual pay-per-view. Yeah, well, it's like it's like all the themed pay-per-views, though. Money in the Bank ruined by being an annual pay-per-view. Hell in a Cell, the same. It just takes it away. I know, I know they have that issue where they go, oh, you like this? We'll just give you all of it till you're sick of it and you just yeah. want it to stop. Yeah, um, it, I don't. If they'd have booked the Hell in a Cell, so if it was a Hell in a Cell pay per view and it just had one Hell in a Cell match, and this had been going on for months where the Fiend was attacking Rollins, I wouldn't have anywhere near as much of a problem with it being its own pay per view uh, with just one match. But it just feels like, oh, it's a Hell in a Cell, so we better have a, a Hell in a Cell match, I guess. Yeah. There's so many other pay-per-views you can come back. Bring, bring back Cyber Sunday to Billy Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, all the classics. There's, there's like a hundred WCW pay-per-views they could resurrect. Yeah. I'd, so the other, th- other way they could do it, and I um, quite like this idea, is so with UFC, uh, they basically have UFC 1... 90 or whatever order um, the show's in but then the tagline is always what the main event is so you could have had this one Rollins versus The Fiend for instance I, I quite like that as an idea I can see why um, they'd want to keep it as a, a show rather than focusing on one match but I, I feel like that would be quite good at, at, at some with some feuds anyway get rid, of, get rid of Hell in a Cell replace it with a rebooted Halloween Havoc sorted Done. Yeah. You can still one, have one Hell in a Cell match as a main event and then build the rest of it around just well, a normal pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I don't... What I don't like about Hell in a Cell is the fact that it's always there always has to be a Hell in a Cell match and therefore it's just whoever's feuding at that time, whether it's a blood feud or just are they... Uh, like this one where it's three weeks since there was an attack from behind, so... Yeah. True. I mean, anyway, as I say, there's, there's a lot more you can, to you can, off than this, I think. Yeah, true. <laughs> what were you going to say, sorry? You could have. No, I was going to say, yeah, you don't have to have a Hell in a Cell at Halloween. Have you? you could have. There's there's loads, oh, there's loads of different match types you could have. When they did the whole spin the wheel, see the deal, random matches. Yeah. Great. Just so much stuff you can do. I just thought, I love Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, to the night itself then so we get a recap um, starting with Clash of Champions and then it's basically three weeks worth of content crammed into about about five minutes so we get the Firefly Funhouse with Bray Wyatt previewing what would happen in Hell in a Cell with dolls which I quite enjoyed Um, and then Rollins um, talking about how Bray Wyatt's the living living embodiment of a nightmare Um, so what can I do but I'll do what I always do I'll survive I thought the promo package was okay, but again, because the feud is only three weeks old, there isn't that much footage. They could have probably played up more how the Shield and the Wyatt family um, 
feuded previously, but they don't really mention that at all, do they? No, because they're trying to differentiate Bray between the Wyatts and this Fiend character, clearly, because they make no mention ever that he's come back as a, as a Fiend. But so the WrestleMania match against, or well, it wasn't really a match, but the WrestleMania video of him and Cena, they definitely play up the the the, the old character merging into the new one and blurring the lines. So, and I think that's where it worked best. So, I yeah, I I thought that it probably would have fit this quite well. But yeah, I can I can understand why they'd want to separate them. As as you say, the biggest problem is twenty one days. So 21 days is not... You can't build a feud in three weeks. No, definitely. Um, another bad, bad element to this, we get Seth Rollins first. The champion should not come out before the challenger. Ever. No. No, always champion last. Yeah. Uh, he comes out to his burn it down theme, which I... I miss uh, compared with... Well, if you compare it to his Monday Night Messiah theme. Yeah, I miss screaming burn it down, even when I'm watching TV. Yeah, <laughs> true. The other thing that... Um, so when Rollins was on his first title run, he always did um, the sort of title taunt that he did when, when he won the NXT title, where he grabs the strap and just swings it around his head. Um, it's a shame he, he got rid of that, because I, I thought that was quite quite good, just because it was different from what anyone else does with the title. Yeah, I'm... I'm de- I suppose after a while it just looks it's just that gimmick and it and you you want to change it slightly. Yeah, but then he's instead of changing it up, he's just gone to the generic hold the title with one hand like everyone else does. I don't know over the shoulder. I don't understand why people over the shoulder always. Well, it's a it's a, well, it's not a belt. It's a cummerbund, as Captain Holt would say. But uh, it's it's supposed to be round your waist. Uh, come out of it over the shoulder. Rock style over the shoulder. Jim Cornette would be spinning in his, not his grave because he's not dead, but in his final suits. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing, as um, we get Rollins coming out, is uh, the the red cell. I know obviously they'd had this at the at the previous years, but I'm not a fan of the Hell in a Cell being red. No, it's it looks. I'm not. I'm gonna say it looks ridiculous. It's a big fucking cell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It makes it look. It makes it look worse. It makes it look less intimidating when it's painted bright red. Yeah, and as you mentioned previously, imagine the poor bastard that had to spray <laughs> each individual panel of the the cell to get it to be all red. And imagine if there was just a bit that was missed, like <laughs> the other side of the hard camera is just a, a grey wall, essentially. Yeah, that's it. Poor bloke, just sitting there, just goes home, misses like, ah, oh, how's work? Ah, oh, so right. Spray painted eighteen square foot metal red. Uh, and if why? Don't know. <laughs> just, I thought it looked better. Just before, got told to it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, we also get. I noticed a bit of a piped in um, cheer for Rollins. Yeah, I, I, I didn't notice that at all. But there is. Especially later on, there is no way they can pipe in music to cover what, cover what is happening. No. Or cover it, pipe in sounds. Definitely not. They are in trouble later on. But yeah, I didn't, <laughs> notice, the, I didn't notice the piped in cheering, to be yeah, honest. Well, but... it's, all pretty, it's a pretty flat crowd reaction for Rollins. And then he's just stood in the ring waiting. And suddenly you hear a, 
what sounds like the reaction um, that we're seeing in the Premier League at the moment with just um, generic crowd noise that could be for anything. As a, as a by the way, I'm, I'm loving the Premier League crowd noise. Oh, I really don't mind them these stadiums. I'm not uh, sure what it, what it is exactly. I think it's the the slight delay between uh, something happening. So a shot goes wide and then there's three three or four seconds and then, oh, like, yeah, it's just the delay between that I'm not a huge fan of, I think. Yeah, it's when they play, it's when they play the wrong noise. I watched, I watched one the other day, watched whatever it was the other day, and I had the crowd go, ooh, shot's about eight foot wide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, oh. we then get Bray Wyatt's entrance, um, which is a. He, I love the the fact that he's using his old theme, but it's a, just a slightly more metal version of of um, of the old Wyatt family tune. Yeah, I love I love the I love the metal version of it. I love the way we get the graphic at the bottom as it morphs into the themed. Do you get that slow? Do you get that? Do you get that slow? It just slowly comes together. It didn't just it didn't just come up the themed. It slowly come goes into one piece to actually read the fiend it's really right, cool okay i didn't notice that i'll i'll rewatch it again and <laughs> just just for that um another nice touch with his entrance so obviously we, we said that he's in the the fiend mask but he has um a lantern again like he used to come out with as part of the uh the wyatt family but it's now got um basically bray, bray wyatt's head um with the mouth open for the light, which is fucking creepy, but I thought it's, I think it's a really nice touch for the character. Yeah, it's a nice little throwback to the previous character show. That whole, especially the show, yeah, that oh, that very character you loved. Yes, that is dead now. We've moved yeah. on. Moved on to like, the new one. The eyes being stitched up as well. Um, yeah, just little things like that. Really, are, are a nice. It's weird to say it's a nice touch to see someone's eyes stitched up, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's genuinely creepy. It's really good. It just shows again how good Bray is with character. There's no way to be. There's no way creative of giving him that and going, yeah. There's all this stuff we want you to use. That's clearly Bray going. Oh, I've got this brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah he's right. Yeah, definitely. Um, something that really annoys me is Michael Cole talking over the entrance when the fiends are coming into the cell, like. You wouldn't do that for other characters. Like the Undertaker, he definitely would not be talking as um, during the entrance. So why why is he doing it? It just takes takes me out, takes you out of it a little bit, I think. Um, and the the King in response says that uh, the Fiend would give Freddy Krueger nightmares. I assume that that's not a Vince McMahon line because he's never watched a film apparently. But <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, and it's it's not a bad line actually. Again, I'm gonna Lawler actually isn't isn't too bad tonight. He's at, he's fairly restrained. No, um, there's a couple of bad um, lines on commentary, but generally they're they're not his. The the, the commentary team do an, an okay job at selling what a sort of monster the fiend is. Yeah, so we we should give credit, I suppose, as opposed to just slagging them off as, as we normally do. Yeah, I suppose. Just this one. Well, I say just this one for making out habit of him with a lawler even. Yeah. But, oh, well, they were, at some point we'll just throw back to the mid-90s, early 2000s, and then yeah, we can we just can... start slagging him off again. Yeah, definitely. Um, so into the ring, um, as was the sort of style of the fiend at this point, there's red lighting, um, which must make it impossible for the crowd to see. And I would be fuming if I had bought tickets that weren't ringside for a couple of hundred dollars. And 
I couldn't see anything because there's a, ste- uh, a hell in a cell, so a, a wall of steel, and then there's red light in behind it. I, they're just not really thought about the the paying audience. I don't think. No, this the stuff when they're in the ring is fine. You can you can see clearly what's going on, but you may as well not even bother when they're at rings when they're at ringside. You yeah. can barely see them at points. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we start off with the fiends hitting a headbutt and Rollins rolling out of the ring. The Fiend then stops him re-entering the ring a few times, but there's just too many camera cuts. So what we talked about in the, the previous match, the, the 2000 um, Hell in a Cell, was how go- good the camera work was. I, f- I felt like it definitely had taken a step backwards at the start of this match. Yeah, it's hard to separate everything that was an absolute screw-up with this match. Yeah, it. true. But yeah, it's, you're, you're quite right. You don't want to... Oh, there's no need to be jumping backwards and forwards. No. Seth Rollins gets a kendo stick from under the ring, and that's when the fiend decides to to let him in. He basically goes down on his on his knees to sort of invite him back into the ring, and then he no sells two two shots with a kendo stick. Um, the fiend then hits a choke slam and throws Rollins to the outside and into the cell. Um, hits a running splash into it as well, and the the early part of the match is very much the fiend dominating Rollins. I'll tell you what, that choke slam that Bray hits. It is better than anything The Undertaker's done in the last 10 years. Yeah, considering um, The Fiend... So he's he's not a tall man, um, but he yeah, the, the height on the chokeslam is, is great. Uh, although you can probably give Rollins quite a lot of credit for that as well, I suppose. Yeah, I imagine he took... I imagine most of it came off Rollins getting the height, the real spring off it for it, because we know he's a man who clearly can get that height with the... Uh, when he comes off for this stump, so clearly he's got a spring in his heel, and he, he gets proper height on it. He comes down hard. Yeah. It looks great. But but as you say, uh, it it looks good. And norm like I know um, in the late nineties, early two thousands, smaller guys in WCW were using the choke slam as sort of a regular move. But um, yeah, it it looks brutal when. Uh, the Fiend does it, even though he's not a huge guy. Um, Rollins then has a bit of a comeback because he hits three um, steel step shots for a, for a comeback and then has two suicide dives out of the ring. Um, goes in to set a table up and goes for a, for a third suicide dive but gets caught. And then um, Bray Wyatt hits Sister Abigail into the into the cell. This was something, um, going back to the, the, um, the Wyatt family, it was always sort of hinted that they were gonna at some point add sister abigail to part of the story as opposed to it just being part of a move and i thought it it was always quite an intriguing thing of who who is sister abigail uh don't know if it's just me being wanting a bit more from the story but no it was they as you say they teased it for ages genuinely it was like sister abigail's coming and it's like okay great so they've got a really creepy faction and Women, the women's division was getting, are getting a huge push, so we could actually have someone come in to the Wyatts who can be genuinely creepy and actually a threat for the women's division as well. Yeah. But no, and then they just they just killed it just like that, just yeah. left it. <laughs> it's not like WWE, is it? <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. It's just ah, oh, it's just so f- everything everything about Bray White just so frustrating. I feel yeah. so sorry for the guy. I really do. Yeah, you can't do much more to get yourself over. And, um, yeah, it just ends up with wasted potential, essentially. 
Um, back in the ring then, so Rollins hits a super kick to get uh, the Fiend on the table, then hits a splash through it. He gets really good height as he hits a splash through the table. Um, but the Fiend is up before Rollins, so um, yeah, Rollins starting to look more and more frustrated that he just can't seem to get any, um, any offense going. Uh, he then hits what I was going to call a curb stomp, but they're just referring to as a stomp at this point. Yeah, they're, they're clearly not. They clearly moved away from uh, from him trying to kill people. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> saying, saying about curb something, just just and the saying about not slagging off Lawler earlier. I just realised Lawler did say that if the Fiend wins, it would be a black day for the WWE, which I suppose doesn't explain why he didn't want him to win. Doesn't explain why he'd be so unhappy with it. Yeah, it's quite a bad line on commentary given the current climate, isn't it? Yeah, true. Who knew? Who knew that a mere six months later, six months later, things would go the way they would. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rollins then goes for a second curb. Uh, sorry, second stomp. I keep going to say curb stomp, but again, they they're PG. Uh, they're making their moves move names more PG. Uh, but he gets caught, and uh, Bray Wyatt hits Sister Abigail again. Um, which only gets a two count. I wasn't a big fan of him hitting multiple finishes and not being able to put Rollins away. No, but it's, it's more and more a thing with WWE nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah. In the same way that super kicks now just a drop kick. Yeah, we're, we're just getting to the stage where... There's so many super you... kicks in this match as well. God, yes. There's. I, I was going to try to keep track, but just... No, there must be... We're talking 20-30, surely, yeah. by the time we get to the end of this match. It's like watching a Roman yeah. Reigns match for, with Superman punches. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so finishes now. They're not what they used to be. They're not what they used to be. No. Used to be. no um, there is some that get protected, like um, Fade to Black, the um, Alistair Black kick. I don't think any... Certainly up until recently uh, no one had kicked out of it i'm not sure if um anyone had and um end of days corbin's finisher um he was making a point of the fact that no one ever kicks out of it on twitter the other day but if you build my point is if you're building up um the fiend to be like an unbeatable monster you shouldn't have people kicking out of his finisher especially if it's the second one of the match but yeah i i take the point that it's what what happens now um the king does have a, a weird line on commentary when he says um, Rollins better not make the feed angry. He certainly won't like him any better when he's angry. Do you think that's different enough from the Hulk's catchphrase to get away with it? Or <laughs> yeah, they, they got the legal, legal team desperately. Okay, we're still on the network, so clearly they've gone. Yeah, his, it's not enough to breach copyright. Yeah, must must not be. Um, the Fiend then goes out of the ring and gets a big mallet, which reminded me so much of Timmy Mallet. <laughs> That must be where the inspiration comes from, right? Yeah, I'd, 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 love, to, I'd love to say yes. I imagine it's more DC Joker-esque, but oh my God, I'd love to meet Timmy Mallet. I'd love well, him to, it love comes him from to... a kid show, doesn't it? So that's <laughs> where yeah, my podcast comes from. So I, wonder how many, right. I wonder how many of our listeners are sat there thinking, what the fuck is Timmy Mallet at the moment? <laughs> I imagine, I imagine thousands of them are sitting there scratching, <laughs> scratching their head. Yeah. Timmy Mallet was a UK TV presenter with big glass. It was over the top. It was big glasses and baseball caps. 
and he used to whack people over the head with a big foam hammer. Yeah. Um, as of um, the end of June, start of July 2020, he hasn't been accused of anything. But as we know, with most UK uh, kids presenters, that could change in the coming months. <laughs> Yeah, true. Well, uh, let's hope not. Let's hope one. <laughs> yeah. H- him and Jim Bowen, as long as we've got those two uh, upstanding citizens, then we're fine. Um, so the Fiend uses the mallet to ram Rollins into the cell. And there's a line on commentary that says he was nearly impaled with the mallet. I would love to see how a three foot by three foot uh, mallet would impale someone in the chest. It would be, just leave a giant. There'd be nothing left. Oh my god, Seth Rollins has exploded. Yeah, that is essentially what would have happened. Um, Rollins comes back again with a super kick and another curb stomp. This time he hits the curb stomp onto the mallet, which would have, of course, impaled his face or taken his head off. (laughs) Um, He then hits a couple of springboard knees from the apron um, back into the ring on, on the Fiend and hits a couple more super kicks, but the Fiend basically... Half no so and it is just dropping to his knees for each one. Um, and then we get about six curb stomps in a row um, to massive boos from the crowd. I must say, yeah, it's fair to say at this point, the crowd again, they're getting, they're getting agitated, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. Definitely. Uh, and I think this is the point where there's an AEW chant as well, which is not what you want from a main event of, uh, of sort of a um, trademarked match like the Hell in a Cell for WWE. No, it is not. But you can you can understand though. You just what it's oh why why book it this way? Why it doesn't it doesn't help anyone? It looks ridic- it looks ridiculous. It doesn't make Bray look look strong. These getting up from these people just looking and go. Well, this is just stupid. Yeah. It makes Rollins look absolutely ridiculous. Uh, everything he's thrown at, he can't put so he can't put. So we knew Cena's beaten not that long ago. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, Rollins then hits a pedigree and another stomp. Goes to pit, get, goes for the pin, but only gets a one count, which the crowds uh, pop quite big for, because I think they're expecting the Fiend to mount a huge comeback here. Um, he goes back to his knees, and then there's four more curb stomps to massive boos. So I think that's about 15 curb stomps we've had in the in the match at this point. Yeah, again, just. Just no point in saying, and the crowd, crowd is saying it more. They're getting more and more wound up. They are just livid yeah. by this point. All you can hear, no matter what sound the WWE could have tried to pipe in at this point, all you can hear is overwhelming booing. Yeah. Uh, Rollins goes out of the ring, gets a chair, and stands over the fiend who's laid down on his back, um, and then he hits him in the head. Well. In KFAB hits him in the head, I think the mat takes ninety five percent of that, that chair shot. Yeah, it's a good it's a good job considering what's coming next, otherwise uh would have just been cleaner stain up off the mat by the end of it. Yeah, exactly. Um again, uh the fiend kicks out after one, which gets a bit of a, a bit of a cheer. Uh, Rollins goes out of the ring, gets a ladder, um the chair gets laid on the face of the fiend and then Rollins hits a ladder shot to the chair, which is laid on his face. This is now a two count, so he's st- starting to really sell the effects of uh, multiple headshots with weapons. <laughs> yeah, the proper car. We go proper car team violence now. Yeah, it's, yeah just well, oh. 
Uh, my, my... Every time I've, I've literally just I've literally just rewatched it before we recorded, and I'm still I'm, I'm still clearly so wound up by it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, that, oh, it's that old adage where you go, "Well, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed," <laughs> which is far worse, of course. Uh, Michael Cole at this point has a interesting line on commentary. He says, "King, you've seen a lot over your career. I, I don't even know what to ask you." What? What the fuck does that mean? What? How can he possibly respond to that? <laughs> you've, you've seen a lot. Yes, yes, I have. I I don't even know what to ask you. Okay, well, there's no question there, so let's move on. Um, Rollins goes out of the ring and gets a toolbox, which I noticed um, because of the red light seems to have a bit of a glitter effect on it. <laughs> Do you think it's one of those ones where where they've got they've been getting prepared for the match? They go, okay, so we've got the toolbox, and they go, oh crap. And someone's had to run out, and they've yeah. gone. They've gone they've they found a store, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, possibly, or maybe they just uh, they'd had the toolbox under there, but they didn't think to check what it would look like with uh, just a red light. But it certainly looked like it had been covered in sort of a glittery, glittery foil. It's like gold. It's like Golders toolbox, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rollins then puts the ladder on the face of the fiend with a chair trapped between its legs. Um, the commentary team asks what Rollins is doing because he's an architect. Um, his theme music is literally "Burn it down." I don't want an architect to work on on things if it, if that is his sort of motto. <laughs> That's great. It's it's too good. It's like demolition before. You've got to burn it down before you rebuild, exactly, yeah. It's like, I only want to add a conservatory. Yeah, fucking burn it down. Burn, it, burn the house down, then we'll build <laughs> your conservatory. <laughs> um, Rollins then gets the toolbox and hits it over and over again onto the ladder, which has got the chair trapped in, which is on the face. Um, there's no real way of describing it without making it sound <laughs> ridiculous, is there? No, I thought you were going to go, the lady who swallowed a fly swallowed a horse. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the uh, the leg bones connected to the knee bone or whatever. But yeah, that, that's a, another good way of describing it. Um, big booze as as he hits him over the head maybe three or four Plus, times. I just, what? He, sh- he shoved, he got the ladder and then he shoved a chair between it. What's he expecting that to do? Yeah, how does that add anything? <laughs> just a He's bit like, I'll be with a ladder. Yeah, I'm moving the ladder. Oh, this chair. Oh, this. Oh, the window can finish him. I've not wedged the chair between it. Has no impact on him. Yeah, that makes no contact with his face. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, big booze again as that happens. He then goes um, under the ring, looks under there for a minute, gets a sledgehammer. There, there is a bit of a crowd reaction for the sledgehammer. In fairness, um, more so than any of the other weapons that he's got out. Um, the, as he gets in the ring with the sledgehammer, the ref um, steps in between Rollins and pleads with him not to do it. Um, and it seems as though um, it's sort of worked until the fiend snap. Uh, sorry, until Rollins snaps and decides to hit the uh, the, the pile uh, of weapons uh, with the sledgehammer, and the commentary team scream as as that happens. Which at least they're trying to sell it. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, the the bell then sounds, and there's huge boos and bullshit chants. The uh, the hell in a cell gets raised, and about six or seven refs come out along with para- paramedics. Uh, they start to put the fiend on the stretcher, but Rollins stops them uh, 
and the fiend gets up and applies a mandible claw and then hits sister abigail on the floor um there's a big chant of refund as that happens um and restart the match gets a, a big chant going the fiend then um pulls the uh the padding back from the floor and hits another sister abigail onto concrete um there's more booze and we get another mandible claw and then there's sort of horror um strobe lighting that comes on and the camera basically just shows the mandible claw with rollins bleeding from the mouth um it was very um much a sort of horror film trope that they were leaning into here i think yeah to be fair it looks it looks quite good the, the shots at the end is because it's easy it's easy to do do that kind of effect you go in basically if you ever go through a halloween May, Halloween walkthrough maze. They'll do that simple effect brilliantly. Hit strobe light in. A lot of people, a lot of big noise, and it looks freaky and, fro- and throws you completely off your game. Yeah. And that's what they do, and it works really well. Well, it would work really well if the only thing that you could hear wasn't booze. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Apart, apart from that, apart from that small, that small detail. Yeah, and then to end the show, we've basically got darkness. You see the fiend on the top of the entrance ramp, um, and the the Wyatt laugh is supposed to uh, end the show. But again, it's just um, sort of overshadowed uh, by by the boos that are over the that are more audible than the uh, effects that they're trying to get over. So yeah, boos to end the show, which is not exactly what you'd want. What were your thoughts on this one, then, Chris? <sighs> right, I'm trying to. You can sum you can sum up how awful this this little mini feud was. We haven't even gone through. We we'll go through quickly the aftermath as well because yeah. this sums up as well just how little they possibly cared about this. Well, now that they screwed we talk it about up. The aftermath then before Let's talk about the aftermath. Up. Yeah. So um, next, the the fiends goes on to have a rematch at Crown Jewel, where the match um, the stipulation is that it can't be stopped for any reason, uh, which doesn't make any sense because then there can literally be no winner ever. Um, but the Fiend does win by pin. Um, surely if there's a match that can't be stopped for any reason, they should be building to that and that should be the Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, especially since this this match has... We get even more ridiculous with Rollins being electrocuted. Yeah. Yeah, and that happens at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Uh, he gets electrocuted, as you say. Um and the fiend wins the title. He then goes on to feud with Daniel Bryan, uh, beats him both times. The Miz, uh, and then they're back in um, Saudi Arabia for another show. And the fiend gets fed to Goldberg in five minutes. Um, just absolute bullshit. In the me, and in between this, we end the Rollins fiend feud by having fiend just be drafted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, the, their feud ends with him being drafted away. So Rollins can't have any sort of comeback, and Rollins then becomes sort of disillusioned with the fact that the crowd um, aren't, aren't on his side at Survivor Series, and then he goes on for the to have the Monday night. Not yeah, sorry, he goes on to have the Monday Night Messiah gimmick, which I thought think is quite a good move um, because he it was getting a little bit sort of tiresome. Um, and that's partly the reaction, um, part of the reason for the reaction that the crowd give in this match, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you've got to freshen things up, I suppose, on occasion. You can't be keep tricking up the, 
pulling out the same tropes and tricks. So yeah, occasionally uh, you got to change. You got to change things around. But as you say, the fact that we've completely moved away from a feud where they've had a hell in a cell match um, in the space of a couple of months and. That there's they've not gone back to it at all. Um, it just, as you say, makes it seem an absolutely shocking feud. Yeah, so that's that's how highly WWE rated it, and that's <laughs> and really that's how highly we should rate this match. When you look at it, yeah, it's just a disaster from start to finish. The booking is completely wrong, as you said at the start. You can't book a a decent feud in 21 days. And have it end uh, it, e- not even e- end at Hell in a Cell. Even with WWE having sort of twenty four hour coverage now, I still don't think you could do it in twenty one days. No, it's just there's no, there's no the fact that you have he can white just attacks Rollins from out of nowhere. It seems I know they have this whole thing with people who've done it wrong in the past, but they don't explain that clearly. So he's just someone who should have no real interest in going for the title because. Why does the fiend want to have the championship? Yeah, we also didn't mention the fact that the fiend makes his own uh, custom belt, which I absolutely hated that custom belt. I thought when you said that sentence, I thought you were going to say custard, and I was like, "That is something I did not know." <laughs> he made his own <laughs> custard. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it makes as much sense as walking around with a uh, a kind of a knockoff. Texas Chainsaw, Jeepers yeah. Creepers, Skin, Mask, kind of championship belt, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, For all the things that Bray gets really right, that's a disaster. Yeah, definitely. Um, I So as much as I've slagged off this match and the booking, I actually thought that if they'd have had this as a non-Hell in a Cell match, the story would have been better because it would have set him up as an indestructible monster and then you could build to a Hell in a Cell match later down the line. But yeah, to, for this to be a Hell in a Cell match is a bit of a joke. Um, also, it's twenty. It's three weeks since an attack and Rollins is now resorting to attempted murder. Um, why, why is he so under his skin after three weeks? It should be... You should build towards that over months as opposed to it just being the first thing that he has to resort to. Yeah, as Ali can I say, it's just we say, we say so much on this show. I'm sure people are sick of hearing it. It's the storyline. It's the book. If your storyline isn't right, then it doesn't care. It doesn't matter how good your match is. It's never going to be a five star match if you don't get the storytelling right. Yeah, and this one they just didn't. But so my main problem with this as a Hell in a Cell match, I think, is the fact that it's a ref stoppage that ends it. And that uh, they had a similar scenario the year before where Lesnar breaks uh, the, the door off the cage um, during the Reigns-Stroman match, and that just ends as a no contest. The whole point in Hell in a Cell is that it's the, the end. It's the defi- definitive um, way of ending it. So there has to be a winner. I can I can kind of understand with the Lesnar one though because someone else gets involved and they go okay someone else got involved so we can't so there's no fair there's no fair finish here so it has to be a no contest yeah but when no one else gets involved it's just them it's no you can't you can't have it like that I mean I know why why they have to because otherwise after he hits him 
you can't do anything because you have to. You have, I have to show you that Bray's head's exploded, or you have to look and go, well, he's been hit in the head with a sledgehammer. Why hasn't his head exploded? Yeah. No, he's wearing that mask, so it obviously protects him. Yeah, but you just you obviously, you obviously take away all that by the fact that you go. I, I wonder if they sat there and went. Someone went. Well, no, people know this is not really here. They go. Don't worry. I've got. I've got. I've got a booking finished. So fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> that's don't all, worry about that's that. All people, yeah, I've got the. I've got a nice little small bit of misdirection. Yeah. The the other thing that definitely takes away from the match, so the red lights, I know it was a thing, but I didn't like it. And also the fact that the crowd hated it makes it a big de- is a big deal and makes it seem worse than it is. I think. Yeah, it's, crowd reaction as I say, definitely plays a part here. Yeah, they clear. If you don't get if you don't get the fans on side, you're not gonna there's gonna be no decent match. They're going business for themselves, as we know. They were they will do. Yeah. And they do, and, I, don't, and as, I know you, you, you're in two minds with this, whether you should just support the people who try to put on a good show, or whether it's a case of you paid your money, so you should do be able to react however that you want. Well, it's not necessarily you, you should blindly support it, but yeah, um, I could understand more with this why people were angry as opposed to Dan, Daniel Bryan. Um, <laughs> I, I'm more on the side of the fans here, I think, than I was then. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, um, I completely agree. I completely agree with you. I can t- I can take booking that I don't like. I can't take booking that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Um, the other thing, just to mention about uh, Helena Cell 2019, is that the whole show is sponsored by WWE 2K20. So we should have known that there'd be issues, and it wouldn't go down very well. You'll have to stop me. <laughs> You'll have to restart it mid, restart it mid pay-per-view. Yeah, all sorts of issues. Um, what are you giving this one as a rating then, Chris? I'm, I'm sure this is, this is really hard because the actual the actual performance of the guys isn't is perfectly perfectly good. Good. They do they sell what they've been given to work with. Yeah, but just the booking just. Makes it just that annoying, and it, and the ending just annoys me as well. I'm giving it one one and a half. I'm giving it only, and I only get an extra half because how hard Rollins and Bray do actually work and try to get it to try to sell it. Fair enough. I weirdly have given it exactly the same one and a half stars. Um, as you say, I thought the the in ring stuff wasn't wasn't bad um and they do a decent job with what they've given but the story of this is so badly paced um dave Meltzer gave this one uh, so i'll just read um a bit bit of what he said um the main event was a disaster and that's an understatement um and he gave it minus two stars <laughs> <laughs> right, I can understand zero, and you go right. I just hated everything about it. But to start taking away stars, it's just yeah. He's a law unto himself, that he man. He does what he likes. Um, he also goes on to say, from a decision-making and mental booking standpoint, Hell in a Cell was one of the worst professional wrestling pay-per-views of all time. <laughs> I think he's not seen anything that TNA have ever done. I know. Well, possibly not. But yeah, goes on to call it a disaster. The the rest of the show was better than okay. But the main event made uh, made a four star show a minus two. <laughs> Jeez, that is some bad, that is some bad booking. Yeah, 
and perhaps the worst main event in pro wrestling history. The fault doesn't lie at either of the competitors. So, yeah, he, uh, ag- uh, he agrees with us to a point, but you can't give minus, <laughs> minus stuff no. on a 1 to 5 rating scale. He cl- he's clearly has not seen any TNA either, because no. if he had, he'd know that Sting Jeff Hardy is the worst main event <laughs> of all time. Yeah, for very different reasons. Well, you could argue it's um, it's probably one of the most watched main events of all time. <laughs> Definitely in TNA history. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, he's, he's him saying that has just completely thrown me now because no, there's no, there's no way this is worse than Hardy Sting. No. Well, we'll we'll have a think and come up with some worse main events in in wrestling history than this one. We might, yeah, we might cover Sting Hardy at some point. We'll see. Look out for a two minute episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. Any closing thoughts on Hell in a Cell 2019, then, Chris? There you go. That's it. <laughs> the, the only thing I'll say is I thought um, that burying the fiend to Goldberg would absolutely kill all momentum, but the um, the Cena uh, fiend not a match again, as we said, but the the fu- um, Firefly Funhouse match that they had um, at WrestleMania I thought was was well done and and builds the character nicely going forward. So. Ho- there is still hope for the the fiend character. I think. There we go. Well, there's always there's always hope. There's, always hope. There's <laughs> just there's just there's just one thing before we finish the episode that I can f- nearly forgot to mention, and we talked about Edge versus Orton yeah. being the greatest being the greatest the greatest match of all time. I actually this still is... haven't watched it. I mean, I haven't even got around to watching it. As you're listening to this, it happened four weeks ago. Uh, I have seen it. It was a decent match, but if you call something the greatest match of all time, you're setting yourself up for a fall, really. No matter how so good it, it was, it was always it didn't meet fall, it didn't make the bill. It wasn't yeah. It didn't meet the it didn't meet the bill in then. No, and in the um, the the weeks following. Um, the Raws, sorry, following after Backlash, um, Randy Orton was presented as the greatest wrestler of all time by Ric Flair, which has to be insulting to Ric Flair, I would suggest. Yeah, quite possible. Okay. I won't add it onto my list of things I have to watch then. It's a decent match. Um, a shame that Edge gets injured, of course, but it's Edge, so it's likely to happen. Yeah, true. Um, oh, well. Yeah. But we, we may cover it if we get to a series where we're covering matches that are proclaimed the greatest match of all time before they've happened as a series, for instance. If, if we want that, just, just stop listening. Yeah. There's better things to do in life. Definitely. Just go outside. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay, that's, that's it then from Hell in a Cell 2019. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to us and recommend us to anyone you think might be interested. Uh, thanks as always Chris Um, hopefully we've got better things on the horizon uh, in the coming weeks with more Hell in a Cell matches to cover thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure as always see you next time